Under the Influence podcast. I'm your host, Whitney Eckes, a serial entrepreneur and social media guru that has an infatuation with all things business related. On the show, we bring together brands, creators, and thought leaders to discuss the power of influence. Each episode is jam-packed with learnings, firsthand stories, and conversations from guests that truly have their finger on the pulse. Stay tuned as we dive into the stories and explore the impact they're making by getting under the influence. You guys, we have such a fun episode today. I am so excited to get into it. Today, I have Caroline and Lizzie Tierney on the show. They are the founders and creators of Daughter Lessons. Daughter Lessons is a trend-forward, multi-purpose active wear brand on a mission to empower the next generation of women. Made by sisters and designed in New York City, co-founders Caroline and Lizzie find inspiration from New York City streetwear and the girls sweating alongside them in their fitness classes and their ever-present love for dance. You guys, this episode is so cool because not only do we dive into the dynamics of having a partnership in business, but also the dynamic of being two sisters in business. Their activewear has been worn by Melissa Wood, Megan Rope, Jennifer Fisher, supermodel Hillary Rhoda, and so many more amazing women. You guys, the nice thing too is that Daughter Lessons not only makes incredible athleisure wear that is chic and ready to be thrown into any situation. In fact, I have their windbreaker and their amazing track pant. And you guys, I wear this suit probably on average once a week. It is so chic. It is so lightweight and it's become just a new staple in my closet. I love them so much. Daughter Lessons donates a portion of sales to Girls Inc. to continue to pay it forward on behalf of all the incredible women and female influences in the founders' lives. You guys, this brand is so cool. And I was so excited to have them on the show that I really wanted to also kind of just share this brand and share their mission. So one of the cool things that we're going to do and listen to the end of the episode, but we are going to be giving away this amazing windbreaker. It's the same windbreaker that I have. It's the same windbreaker that I literally can't stop wearing and wear honestly on average once a week. And the Get Super Coffee Lovers Bundle. This is over $165 in value. So make sure that once you are done listening to this episode, follow under the influence.pod and at dot daughter dot lessons in dot NYC on Instagram. Leave a review on Under the Influence podcast and let us know what your favorite part of this episode was. Send us a screenshot, tag a friend for an extra entry, and there you have it. You have your amazing giveaway where you can win the Daughter Lessons Windbreaker, but also the Get Super Coffee Lovers Bundle. And who doesn't love a Get Super Coffee Lovers Bundle? I mean, a coffee and a great windbreaker, you are going to be all set. You guys, without further ado, let's go ahead and jump on into it. Welcome to the show. I am just so excited because number one, we've already been connected. We've already been chatting. I've had a chance to actually try the clothes and you guys, this windbreaker material, both the actual jacket and the zip off pants are, I literally wore them all day yesterday and I was running around to them and I got so many compliments and just the material is just so like buttery and nice and fun. So number one, welcome to the show. And number two, I thank just, you. I'm so excited to get into all the things with you guys. 
Oh, we can't wait. Thank you for having us. So, so are we. Fun. We're super excited. Of course. Okay. So let's go ahead and dive in. I mean, you guys are both the co-founders of Daughter Lessons mm-hmm. and you guys chose to kind of set out on this path. Why? Why go after an athleisure brand, especially when there's so many other ones in the market right now? What kind of yeah. drove you guys to, you know, like the name and find, you know, and really kind of like leaving your full-time jobs to go after this? I mean, I think like, uh, like anything, it just started really small and like a really small idea that sort of snowballed into something very real, but at the same time, it's always been super authentic to us and who we are and our genuine interests. We both grew up as competitive dancers. We were in the dance studio 24 seven. And for anyone that grew up as dancers, you know, that like we are athletes and you train Mm -hmm. like athletes and it requires a lot of you even when you stop dancing, it kind of sticks with you. And that sort of led us, and Lizzie's still a professional dancer in New York, but that sort of led us to being super active people and working out has always been a staple in our lives. Um, And it was during the pandemic that it kind of dawned on us that we were buying so much activewear more than we ever had been. And just kind of time, time and time again, disappointed with the product. We wanted something that was not only cute, Mm -hmm. or it was either cute and not functional at all. It was like falling down, gapping, like sagging when you worked out, or Mm -hmm. it was super functional and looked like training gear, but there was nothing cute or fashion forward about it. So we've sort of met at the crossroads between fashion and function. And we're kind of branding this whole sports style is what we're calling it, like active wear that's actually meant to be styled. Oh my God, I love that so much. That's amazing. So how did you guys land on the name Daughter Lessons? I feel like that's a very intentional name. And I'm sure there's a backstory there. We went through a million names. It's so hard to, to pick a name for a brand, but... We knew we wanted to be female-centric. Like Caroline said, growing up as dancers, having female role models was such a foundation of our lives. And not only that, but we have a really amazing family. We have one other sister and we have our parents who have instilled so many lessons in us. But we were joking one night. We were all just kind of laughing, joking. And then my parents used to say like, oh, you girls should give daughter lessons, like as a joke, kind of as... We've because there are parents yeah. that are biased, they think yeah. we're great. Yeah, but like they kind of caught on. We were like, what about daughter lessons? Caroline was like, we actually had a different name, and then she was like, daughter lessons. And then we love how it sounds as DL, and it shows that we're obviously, I mean, we're sisters, but we're very, as I said, like a female focused brand. So mm-hmm. it's kind of just spiraled from there. Yeah, it's been fun. Yeah, I mean, it sounds incredible. And you guys also give a portion of your sales to Girls Inc. So talk to me about that. Yeah. Uh, It was so, so important to us. I think you can either stumble into your mission as a brand or it can be, you know, from day one, a a pillar of everything that you do. And that was how it was for us. Mm -hmm. We went to an all girls middle school and high school. We were dancers. Everyone that kind of grew up championing us, aside Mm -hmm. from our dad, who we love so much, (laughs) they were all women. And we had access to, we had a front row seat to some of the most inspiring, hardworking, beautiful women we could have been you know, influenced by, and we understand that that's a privilege. Yeah. And so from day one, we were going to use whatever platform that we created to give back and to give younger girls in uh, underserved communities access to the type of influence that we had. So Girls Inc., um, specifically Girls Inc. of New York City is the chapter that we support. A portion of our sales goes back to them, but 
We also mm-hmm. work with them like hands-on in the classroom through yeah. their programs and all that good stuff. We've had some really amazing opportunities working with them. Even like a few months ago, we did a series where we had the girls from Girls Inc. exposed to different workout classes in New York. We set up four different classes, wow. four different studios. And some of them, I mean, they were like, this is my first time doing a workout class. Like I've never had had an experience like this. The, the, the world that we know so well it was crazy how they just ate it up and they had never experienced anything like that. So for us to be able to work with them has been really just, just priceless and valuable. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. I mean, how powerful is that? I I feel like that's just impacting your guys' own community and like ways that you were guys mm-hmm. were impacted as well. And I think the brands that have such a heavy mission in what they're doing mm-hmm. and what they're bringing to the table in terms of how they're impacting their community are brands that are building, honestly, sustainable business, which it sounds like, you know, that's exactly what you guys are doing. So let's, let's kind of take it back a little bit. Mm -hmm. So before daughter lessons, what did life look like? What were you two up to? What led you down this entrepreneurial journey? Oh, man. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to speak for Lizzie, but I was kind of born with that entrepreneurial itch. I was Mm -hmm. always like, dreaming and creating and thinking of ways that I could contribute and kind of tying it back to what I was passionate about and thinking of ways that I could share that. But before this, I was working in corporate America. I was at an investment firm working on large real estate transactions in New York City. It didn't get more corporate than what I did. I was at one time the only female on like the floor of all male salesmen. And I learned so much. Like it was one of those things where I didn't really realize how much I learned until I left and started doing this. And I'm like, I've got this. Like it really does expose you to a lot. And then during the pandemic, we started the business and about eight months in, I was able to quit my job, my full-time job to focus on this. Wow. It was a whirlwind, but yeah, happy, very happy to do it. (laughs) Totally opposite end of the spectrum. I went to college for dance. I went to school at Pace University and got a BFA in commercial dance here in New York City. And before the pandemic, I was auditioning, had some like, you know, jobs lined up and then the pandemic hit and there was no opportunities. There was no live theater, which is what I was mainly doing. And I had never really had to think about the future as a dancer. You're kind of just really in the present and trying to like get the next job, but you don't Mm -hmm. really think five, 10 years out. And I had all of this time and I was like, what am I going to do? You know, like what people always say, well, what if dance doesn't work out? Well, Mm -hmm. if you're really serious about it, you don't think about it like that. You just keep going. But during the pandemic, we had no idea if there would ever be the dance community that used to be. So Caroline, always pitching ideas. She was like, what if we just start an activewear brand? Like we could make our clothes the way we want them. And I couldn't say no. It was just the perfect, you know, idea for us to share. Like she had pitched so many ideas to me that would be something that she did because it was very Mm -hmm. her focused, but this seemed like the perfect idea that we could both contribute to. We both we're very like simpatico about it. So <laughs> I couldn't say no. And now here we are. And I'm still dancing as much as I can and auditioning, but it's good to know that I have, I'm building the foundation for me to transition eventually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like, to your point, her career as a dancer has been such a huge value add for our brand. Um, mm-hmm. Just because of the two world, the industries, the fitness and the dance and the like the athlete world in New York, it's such a small world. 
and then beyond New York. And we've met so many people, built yeah. so many relationships through that career. So um, and all I'm my so friends happy. wear it. Like yeah. all of my yeah. friends that are dancers are they're the biggest fans of the brand. They're always wearing it. They're always tagging us. It's just, it's been amazing. Yeah. Wow. I mean, so incredible. I feel like you guys are just honestly such a like perfect like fit. Like there's just so much synergy between both of you and just like the vision for the brand. So when we talk about entrepreneurship, especially here, there's so many of our listeners that have this dream of like going out and starting their own thing. When did you guys decide exactly was the time to go all in or to move with it? You know, was it a certain threshold of revenue? Was it when you guys, you know, or did you guys make the leap beforehand? Like, what did that process look like of like, wait, this isn't just a passion. This is just as an idea. This is an actual blooming business and I'm going to go all in on it. Yeah, I think for for me and and I think for Lizzie too, we had played around with the idea for a little bit. And then at a certain point, it mm-hmm. gets it gets to the point where it's harder for you to withhold than it is for you to do it. Like I always used to be so envious of people that took the leap. But like, if you're really serious about something that you want to build, there will mm-hmm. just be that point in time where you're like, I can't hold this in anymore. And I'm almost, you know, willing to take on the risk. And yeah. speaking of risk, there is a lot associated with it. So for us, um, we just kind of hit the ground running as soon as we had our mindset on the idea that next day we had set up 11 different interviews with technical designers. Um, and that week, I think we wow. had like over 20 total interviews with mm-hmm. people that we were going to help to like contract some of the more technical designs work to. And like I said, I quit my job eight months in. But during that time where we were building, we didn't tell anyone. Mm-mm. We kept wow. this completely to ourselves. It wasn't until eight months in and we flew to our manufacturer to see the product that we were like, okay, this just got real. This is real. Let's go for it. So we kept it very, very close to the best. Yeah. And it's really, I mean, it's crazy to think back, like talking about this kind of stuff because it's seen you're so in it at the time, but then Mm -hmm. thinking like out, you know, you asking these questions, it's like, I don't think we ever really set like a, a threshold we were trying to hit or a certain like benchmark of when Mm -hmm. we could really go all in. It was just things were moving at a speed that we just needed to keep up with. And this was too, I mean, it sounds like too COVID was kind of like the launch pad as well, where it was like, okay, oh Mm -hmm. wait, oh shit, everything's moving. Everything's like kind of getting almost like this platform of like trajectory for your sales. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. It was a blessing and a curse starting a business during the pandemic. I know that so many people have similar journeys and stories, but for us, yes, it was, we, we started our business during a global supply chain crisis. (laughs) Like (laughs) the supply chain had completely shut down. Nothing was getting through over the border. People's livelihoods were at risk and like their jobs were at stake. But at the, the end of the day, now looking back, like, okay, we got through that. Yeah. You know, like we can get through so much stuff. Yeah. And and mind you, Car- neither Caroline and I had a background in retail or product development. And yeah, mm-hmm. we really just put one foot in front of the other. And we, Caroline says this all the time, but like, if we had known how many obstacles there would have been, yeah. we wouldn't have done it, no, you know? It's, so it's like, I'm yeah. sure the same for you too, yeah. Whitney. Like, yeah. you know. It's funny because like, I, I'm like, told you? I had a question. It was so funny because I had a question there that came up on a podcast and they're like, if you could start something now, knowing what you know now, would you do it? And I was like, absolutely not. 
there's there's this beautiful beauty <laughs> to the naiveness mm-hmm. of starting a business, mm-hmm. but it's also what gives you the edge. And I feel like again, like me, I mean, same thing with you guys. You're like, wait, we didn't really have this robust background in fashion, but we wanted to create something that was going to serve our need. Same thing happened with me and get mm-hmm. super. I'm not this crazy formulator, nor am I this crazy cannabis activist. I am someone who struggled with anxiety and drank too much coffee. And so I was like, let's Mm -hmm. do it. (laughs) You're the consumer, which is even better, which is why it works. It's it's like you did it out of a want, you know, like you Mm -hmm. felt passionate enough that all of the tiny obstacles, like you were willing to get through them because you believe in it enough. Yeah, absolutely. And that leads me to my next question, because again, I feel like so many people are going to want to ask this because I mean, being a girl and I don't want to generalize our gender, but like, I'm sure it's crossed everyone's mind. How sick would it be to make my own clothes? So I want to know, like, what, what went into the research? Like, how do you even find a tactical designer? Like, how do you even start looking at you know, do I get this made in China? Do I just Google until yeah. I find someone? Like, what did that process look like for you guys? We were just obsessed and we still are mm-hmm. with the more we know, the better we can do. And we mm-hmm. have done so much research. We have turned over every rock. We have Googled everything from day one. Everything <laughs> is figure figure outable, like Marie Forleo says. Yeah. Everything is figure outable. If you want something bad enough, you might not get the answer on the first try, but you'll mm-hmm. get somewhere that leads you to somewhere closer and you just keep following the needle in a haystack. And in my personal opinion, you just never take no for an answer. I I just Mm -hmm. think we had so many phone calls with people that didn't really get it or people that weren't willing to kind of like understand where we were going. And I would just reposition the question. It was never, you know, a matter of accepting it. Mm -hmm. I would just, you know, re ask the question in a way that maybe benefited them and people were willing to kind of hear us out more. Oh yeah. That that's is... how we, yeah, she's good. <laughs> she's, she's taught me so much. It's just like, that's how we really found the partners that we work with now. Like the designer we found was pivotal. Like really just, she helped us connect with different manufacturers, different fabric sourcers, but then there's so much we didn't know. So asking questions in a way where people wanted to help us was key for us to be able to get the best fabric to get the most, you know, affordable, but still really quality pieces of, there's so much that goes into it, fabric, thread, buttons, you know, it it was just, the list could go on, but it was really just about creating those relationships that really stemmed from our designer, first Mm -hmm. and foremost. I think that that was some of the best, that's some of the best advice I think I've ever heard. And I don't like say that lightly because I think that we hear no as entrepreneurs so much that it's so quick for us to just Mm. assume like defeat. And I love the idea of not taking no for an answer. And I feel like that's giving me like Chris Jenner vibes. Like if you're getting the answer, no, you're just asking the wrong person. (laughs) A smile, of course. Yeah. (laughs) With with a smile, of course. But but I think Mm -hmm. that the strategy of actually reformulating the question and then going back to into approach where it's like, you're now bringing them value, which is Something I say on this podcast all the time is I don't like when people go and ask for coffee dates to pick your brain. I like when people go and ask for things and then bring value in return because it's going to stimulate a better relationship that ultimately is going to just make your network more fruitful. And so I think that that is such a great, great piece of advice. 
as you guys have learned and as you guys have grown this, what have been some of the biggest struggles for you? Where to start? <laughs> I mean, there have been, if like, if I'm being completely honest, 90% of it is a struggle. It really, really is. And if anyone tells you any differently, I think that they're lying. I agree. <laughs> it is so difficult. We just to get specific, we started during the middle of a global supply chain crisis. So we had thousands and thousands and thousands of uninsured product Mm. on a cargo ship in the middle of the ocean that couldn't get through. No one told us we should have insurance on our six figures worth of product. No one told us that, you know, people physically aren't manning the border to get through product because it's the pandemic. So we waited eight months without word of like, if there had been like a tornado, like we are like piracy, like literally could have been anything. We just were crossing our fingers. Yeah. So we learned a lot there. We had like, you know, once we've never even talked about this before, but we had to pull product last year because it didn't turn out the way we wanted it. Um, you know, Mm -hmm. it was like the 11th hour and, um, there was one product that we were supposed to run in a few different colors and what we received just wasn't what we had agreed on. And it was like the production batch. So it was like mm-hmm. all of our units had been made. And we were like, we, we had no choice but to pull it. Yeah. And we were not, you know, reimbursed by any means. So, but we've, you know, always said from day one, if the product, we're not willing to sacrifice for the product. Yeah. And if it's not what we want, then it's not worth it. But mm-hmm. God, there's been so many. Like, yeah. And mm-hmm. even on the daily, it's like, what as, as a brand that's emerging, that is very product focused, where do we put our money? It's such mm-hmm. a struggle. It's like, well, do we put it into more marketing? Do we put it back into more product? Like team building. Team building. It's just, it's just mm-hmm. those are the things we think about daily that it's like, well, what if we hadn't made this product, but we'd put that money into paid ads? Would that have helped us? You know, it's those right. kind of things that always rack our brains as well. And I don't think anybody has the answers, but mm-hmm. we just have to trust our gut and keep going. But those are problems that we face on a more like smaller scale every day. Yeah. And those are such real, real issues. I mean, again, no one tells you about insurance. Like I didn't have, and my dad is an entrepreneur of freaking 35 years. And I remember one day we were sitting down and discussing our family policy because we have all these cars and all these things and all these different businesses. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about an event that I had had. And we were also talking about this event that we were doing for Get Super. And the venue had asked for basically insurance for the company for event support. And I guess marketing was throwing it. And I literally looked at my dad and I was like, is that guess marketing insured? And he's like, why would it not be insured? Didn't you insure it? And I was like, this is so new to me. No. And it's like, been like a, the agency has been operating for like four years. And it's like, yeah, that's like super <laughs> shameful to admit. But also like people, you don't have these legit logistical questions of someone just like reframing things and being like, Hey, do you have this? Here's your checklist of how to run a successful business. So I feel like I love exactly. this question because number one, it showcases that there are so many things within business that you have to learn. And there's so many lessons to be learned. And again, I feel like I want to break down the stigma of like, there's just, there's just learning curves left and right. And that's part of owning a business. And that's part of entrepreneurship for you too. How has the partner dynamic been? Because I know that working with a sibling 
let alone just a normal partner, there's always a challenge. So how do you guys work on that? And what do you feel like is the most successful way for you guys to run and operate your partnership? I don't even have to ask Lizzie's opinion on this because we can read each other's minds. <laughs> That's our trick. No, but in all honesty, um, we were like, we are the best of friends, the best friends you could possibly ever imagine. We have such a unique relationship. I could tell you her strengths and weaknesses and she could tell you my strengths and weaknesses. And there is no ego attached in our relationship. There is nothing that goes unsaid. We work so well together. My weaknesses are her strengths yeah, and vice versa. Yeah. And it did take a while to figure that out. I think in the beginning, we didn't sit down and say, okay, you're going to do logistics and you're going to be creative and you're going to be product development. Yeah. But now we've been selling for just over a year. And I think we're finally starting to like really own what we're good at. And it's not what I thought it would be, you know, like as a right. dancer, I was like, I'm going to be so creative. I'm going to be, mm-hmm. it's like, no, as a dancer, I love to be told what to do and I love everything to be correct. So I love wow. doing all the logistical stuff, all like the Excel stuff. I like completing tasks like in Caroline's totally opposite. That's She's so like, interesting. Yeah. I know, isn't it? She's the one that's like, we need to make zip off pants her. She's like, we need to make the coolest cargo pants that zip off into really good shorts. Like she's ideas girl. She's like big picture execution girl. Yeah. It's not how it started. And like, we had to work through that, but also we're the best of friends, but we've always said like, nothing will change that. This is, this is a business that we started to work together, not fight or not like nothing will be, be more important than our relationship as sisters and best friends. And that, Oh, and we fight. Yeah. Like, oh, let yeah. the record show mm-hmm. we fight, but nothing lasts <laughs> longer than a yeah. few minutes. Yeah. We're always fighting. It's just a constant ebb and flow of us, like fighting and forgetting, fighting and forgetting, yeah. fighting and forgetting. And then laughing and then like crying, laughing yeah. and like getting back to work. But yeah, it's definitely, we're lucky. so grateful. Yeah. We're, we're very so lucky. grateful. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I love that so much. I feel like that there's just a very solid energy, which I have a question. Do you guys know what your human design yeah. is? Have you guys ever I had your human mine. design? I did. I did. I did do mine a okay. while ago, but I don't know it. I need to download, do download the app. I don't, I forget what it's called. I think it's just my human design. I'm so okay. curious to see what we'll, your guys' we'll human design is. We'll text it to you. Yeah. <laughs> text it yeah, to you because okay, I want to know. I need to do it. I will. And, I need to and do anyone it. that's listening to, if you guys, like, honestly, adding in human design into your business has been so game-changing because it tells you so much about the person and the way they operate, which is really interesting that you both were like, well, you know, Lizzie's going to be this, Caroline's going to be mm-hmm. this, but in reality, mm-hmm. it was like swapped. I oh, want yeah. to ask you guys for a piece of advice for those listening that maybe are in a family business or that work directly with family members, what's a piece of advice that you could give them on how to maybe maintain a solid relationship and or be able to work directly with them? Um, That's a great question. My advice would be, imagine how much you think you should be communicating and then communicate three times more than that. Oh my God, because girl, you, and the, you and the advice flexes, they're, they're so good. Thanks. You both but I do, so I do. <laughs> Don't worry, it's not competitive. (laughs) I just think when I was working in corporate America, I was in a client facing role. And I think it's similar, like working with anyone and with my sister, even no matter how much you think that you're communicating, probably like 20 to 30% of what you're thinking and emoting is going to get lost in translation. Mm -hmm. 
So you really need to over-communicate, even if it's the littlest things, like we'll have an argument over something so trivial and we'll both be the dead horse over it, like exhaust (laughs) it till it's like, okay, I, there's no juice left to squeeze here. Like we are good. Yeah. Because Mm -hmm. if there's any unresolved tension or resentment or like, I, you know, that was my idea and I wanted to execute on that. And now it just felt like it was dismissed. Yeah. Then it will build up. Right. But Mm -hmm. like, if you're so brutally honest and communicative with each other, totally. I think that helps. And I, uh, yeah, I agree because that is key for our relationship. But also I'd say to keep things outside of business. Like it's very easy for us to wake up, talk to each other about like work. Mm -hmm. Then we work all day, even at night, we're like sending things to each other. But I think that we block out workouts and nights out with our friends and like Mm -hmm. dinners and stuff that take us away from work because Mm -hmm. working with family, it can bleed and it can be all you talk about. And then Mm -hmm. it creates another form of resentment. It's like, where was our relationship where we just like Mm -hmm. laugh and have fun? You know, like, Mm -hmm. I think if you're working with family, you need to really make time for things that aren't work and just Mm -hmm. family. That's really beautiful. And I, I, I love that you're saying that because I feel like that's actually just a practical piece of advice for even for just even an entrepreneur, even solo, Uh, because it is something where it's like, it's funny. I have this girlfriend of mine and I think I've told you guys about her scout. She has a podcast agency Mm -hmm. and we are so close. She's probably the friend I see the least amount but I text her almost mm-hmm. every single day. And the yeah. reason why we have such a solid friendship is because we have this like understanding that I, we can talk about business at any time of the day as much as we want. It's like generally accepted by both of us. But I have had this come up in friendships or even family relationships where they're like, we're not at work. Like, I love you, but like, yeah. I need you to like scale back. Like, I need you, like, let's talk about Whitney's life. And I feel like yes. that having that disconnect or just having that break and giving your mind some mental rest from what you're working on is actually super healthy for your relationships. Oh, yes. Yeah. And hard, very, you know, yeah. very hard to do, especially when you are an entrepreneur and there is no difference between work and social. Like it no. is the same. <laughs> there is no difference. Yeah. So um, it gets really difficult to carve out time, but you just have to be aware. Aware. Yeah. I I could not agree more. Get Super is an instant wellness beverage brand created by moi. So good, you won't believe it's instant. It's for those seeking convenient energy sans the jitters. That's right. We put good old-fashioned broad-spectrum hemp CBD into our organic Arabica instant coffee. It's probably Arabica, but I call it Arabica because it sounds more fun. Get super and our hemp extract contains all the naturally occurring cannabinoids and turpentines. We include about 20 milligrams of hemp per each stick pack to give you all the fun, calm energy, plus that true entourage effect. All the benefits without getting quote unquote high, as all of our products are non-psychoactive. Get Super has been featured in Forbes US Today and was named top startup to watch in 2021 by Yahoo Finance. Also, you guys, Get Super has helped me with my anxiety. It helps me sleep better at night. I've mentioned to you guys my whole mental health journey. And honestly, this company was a just passion and project of love because of what I've gone through and what I've walked through with my own depression and anxiety. I hope that it will help you the same exact way 
It has helped me. So go ahead and get your 15% off by using the code under the influence 15 at checkout. That's right. Under the influence 15 at checkout. Okay, let's talk about marketing. Let's let's get into it cuz right. you guys obviously again, you're going up against a super saturated market. You're going into fashion, you're going into uh, you know, workout and leisure. What has been the biggest needle mover for you guys in terms of marketing? Uh most definitely our in-person boots on the ground uh approach. Yeah. I think, you know, we kind of grew up in the age of or the rise of direct consumer. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, people were just creating businesses out of thin air and they were making websites and everything was selling out. And that was just the way of the future. Well, that's not really the case anymore. Mm -hmm. And I think you need to have a three-dimensional approach. And I think that a narrative and a story and a connection goes much further than an ad sometimes. And we've found that when people meet us and when people connect with the brand and people understand the mission, feel the clothes in person, it, it's a no-brainer. Yeah. It just immediately connects for them. Uh, so that's been by far, you know, the most traditional approach you can take in marketing, but the most effective mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. for us. That is so beautiful. And I, I mean, I, I say that's beautiful because I feel like, again, we are so in this age of, like you said, direct-to-consumer that there has been a lot of disconnect and there's either brands that get it. And when they get it, they get their community and they get the showing up. And then there's brands where they're like, why isn't this working? And it's like such an obvious Mm -hmm. touch point of like, because no one knows there's no relatability. And I think especially now, like Mm -hmm. with, you know, I, I love talking about Gen Z because I feel like they're just like the ass kicking that everyone needed. And like, (laughs) it it honestly like makes me laugh. When like we discuss like how Gen Z, like how they consume. And I love the fact that we're seeing this trend now where it's like we have these consumers that are the Gen Z consumers and even the ones underneath them where it's like they're not purchasing because it's a household name. They're purchasing because they have some sort of relation to the brand and or the founder behind it or the people behind it. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it is it is just, I, I, I just love it. It's basically making it so that there is more opportunity for small brands out there. There is more opportunity for people to create these businesses and to have, you know, really awesome lifestyles and income and things like that, that the businesses provide. But it's also just a new take where it's like now it's like for once these huge, huge corporations aren't necessarily the ones in power as much. Completely. I think like that, that age old saying everything that was once old becomes new again. Mm -hmm. I think that's kind of what's happening right now with marketing. I think we were obsessed with like the direct to consumer digital support, the biggest brands thing. Mm -hmm. And now people are sort of reverting, but reintroducing the idea of uh, connection, in-person events, getting connected to a story, all of that stuff that really that's how things started. Word of mouth, telling stories around the campfire. Like that's how this whole marketing thing started back in the stone age. And like, that's what works. Mm -hmm. And we are um, super lucky because we have kind of come up with this like formula for in-person events in the way that we give people access to sort of like an influencer event, but it's just, Mm -hmm. you don't have to be an influencer. It's just for everyday Mm -hmm. people to come and connect and get access to all these cool brands and walk away with a brand new set and do all this stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, So we're trying to expand. We actually are. We're um, 
We've done a bunch in New York City. We're launching our spring collection next week in Miami. We are going to Dallas in the fall, Chicago this summer, and hopefully hoping to add Nashville. So, yeah. Um, and we got to go to LA. We got to get to California, but yeah. 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 We're, we're moving. I know. We're on tour. I know. I know. DL on tour. Yeah. That's what, that's what we're doing. Yeah. I, you guys, I love it. So what, what are you guys seeing trends right now? Like, tell me what you see for like the fashion industry and even like social media, like how is this direct to consumer approach, you know, with what you guys are doing? What, like, what, what are you seeing landscape wise? Do you I mean, fashion wise, it's, it's people are really considering where they spend their dollar. And as mm-hmm. an active wear brand, an athleisure brand, whatever you want to call it, we're trying to allow the dollar to go further. That's why we're trying to create really functional pieces, but they're functional for your workouts, but they're also something you can pair with a strappy heel and a blazer and wear out at night. Like we're really trying to get the customer who understands both so that we can mm-hmm. give you more for your dollar. So fashion wise, that's what we're trying to do trend wise. And that's kind of like our brand ethos. So I think that is what we'll continue to do. Uh, social media is hard though. Social media is hard. I think being as authentic as possible and trying to introduce people to like cool new things that you do in just like a genuine, authentic way is something that really sticks with people. And like Lizzie said, I think that when we started or, you know, a couple of years ago when activewear came on the scene, people were obsessed with just like sitting in, working in their, you know, leggings and their sports bras and being comfortable all day. But then after the pandemic, people were so fidgety. They wanted like ready to wear and they want real clothes back. They want to get dressed and they want to go out, Mm -hmm. but that's not that comfortable. It's not as comfortable as adjusted to. So we are trying to make space for this new category which we're calling sports style, which is like an in-between. It's got that like sporty sort of like oversized, badass athletic edge, but it's Mm -hmm. also very like fashion forward, stylable, transitional. And like Lizzie said, able to really like stretch the dollar, get, get your money's worth. And you guys, your designs, they are so much that like, they are so cool. Like, again, I got compliments all day yesterday on the pants. And even, I mean, the windbreaker, which, you know, we're going to have a little giveaway. We'll, we'll tease the giveaway at the end of the show, but um, I, I just feel like it's, it's giving that. And it's also something that I look for because I think I've told you this. I don't work out. I try, I mean, excuse me. I don't like to work out. I work out because I have to work out and I wish I loved it more. And also because Mm -hmm. it's good for me. It's good for me mentally as well as physically. Mm -hmm. But I think that the way that you guys have truly put so much intention into it is actually really approachable as well. Like, I feel like, you know, if you're looking at someone like me, where it's like, you know, I wasn't an athlete, I don't have that love and respect for the craft and for being someone that is athletic or has had a passion, whether it's dancing or whatever it is. But I still want to be able to walk in a Lululemon and feel like accepted. And that's not always the case. Mm-hmm. And I also am yeah. someone who shows up and loves to get ready. I love glam. I love feeling like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm actually put together, but I'm also sitting in office for 10 hours a day and I have a walking treadmill yeah. and not all my slides can yeah. be on the walking treadmill. <laughs> love it. Well, you need a little yeah. bit of both. Yeah. Yeah. You do. It's so, it's so true. I think you're, you're not alone in that. I think there's so many people that kind of feel the same way and hopefully they're exposed to DL and the brand and 
we have so much in store. So it's just the beginning. We're super excited. Oh my God. And so beautiful. So I I always end the show on one last question. And I want to know what does influence mean to you? Influence to me means having the power to advocate for something or someone that is uh, important. And I think influence with influence comes responsibility. Mm-hmm. And you need to be aware of the responsibility that you have uh, when you are able to influence people's decisions. And for us, the influence that we might have through this activewear and this brand and this vehicle, we hope to use it to encourage people to move, inspire them to be confident and build community around, you know, young, strong, powerful women. I mean, I don't think you can say it better than that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, all of that, all of that and more. Totally. You guys are so fucking adorable. It kills me. Okay. So where can everyone find you? How does everyone shop daughter lessons? Like drop all the links. So our Instagram handle is daughter.lessons.nyc and we, our website is daughterlessonsnyc.com and we are coming to a few uh, big retailers soon. So follow us on Instagram and Mm -hmm. um, keep an eye out for that. But sooner or later, you won't be able to avoid us. We'll be right in front of you. (laughs) (laughs) Whether you like it or not. Yeah. Oh my God. I I love it because we have to be, but. (laughs) And you guys, we're, we're so excited. Lizzie and Caroline have been so generous. We're actually going to partner up and do a giveaway, which is so exciting. We'll have the details in the show notes, but basically we will be giving away a cooler than your ex windbreaker, which you guys, wearing I, uh, she's wearing it. I wore mine yesterday. I have photos. Fully um, lined. It's, it's honestly, <laughs> the material is like very buttery for yeah. like a quote unquote windbreaker, which is so amazing. Mm-hmm. And it dries it's, super fast. It's giving it's, like, it's giving Victoria Beckham totally. It's so in my is. opinion. With the with the, and they also <laughs> have these incredible zip off pants. Obviously, we're not gonna get we're not gonna give the pants in the giveaway, but you guys go check out their stuff. We will be doing an incredible giveaway on social media. So please look out for that when this episode launches. And Caroline and Lizzie, thank you guys so much for going under the influence with us. Uh, thank oh, you, Whitney. Whitney. We had the best time. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah.